what? You have a podcast? Really? Computer. Show the historical documents. This is an ABC News special report. This is an NBC News special report. He just started shooting. He just started. Sh uh, he had a long assault rifle, and he just started. You hear the, fart, the, the, sh the shots just start firing. Within three minutes of being dispatched, officers arrived on scene and encountered the suspect almost immediately, still firing gun gunshots. Officers exchanged gunshots with that suspect, and ultimately, that suspect did die at the scene. We are trying to confirm if that suspect died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound or was killed by officers at this time. I have a very close friend that didn't make it today. And I have another close friend who didn't either, and one who's at the hospital that I hope is, is going to make it through. So when we talk about praying, I hope people will. For those that we are hoping can make it through, the surgeries that they're going through, then we've got to do what we have done these last three years after everything. We've got to wrap our arms around these families. And to everybody who needs it, don't be afraid to get some help. Well, that was a mass shooting uh, early this morning, uh, about 11.30, 11.31. We got it, received a phone call in reference to uh, uh, people, their shooting going on, uh, harassment. And uh, we arrived, uh, found four uh, people deceased inside the house. We life flighted a eight-year-old boy to a hospital, uh, and he has since been pronounced deceased at, at the hospital. And turn to the urgent manhunt in Texas for the man police say killed five of his neighbors, including a nine-year-old boy. This morning, an $80,000 reward on the table in the search for the man authorities say killed five people in Cleveland, Texas, north of Houston. Officials say the suspect, Francisco Oropesa, is still on the loose. Some 200 officers now going door to door looking for him. We do not know where he is. We don't have any tips right now to where he may be. People want a quick solution. The long-term solution here uh, is to address the mental health issue. And just like General Mathis once said, you know, uh, be polite, be professional, but have a plan to kill everyone you meet. People argue that prayers aren't cutting it. Prayers are not preventing the next mass shooting. What is your response to that criticism? Well, those are people that don't believe in uh, an almighty God who, who has, who is absolutely in control of our lives. But what can we do on our end? I mean, even in Texas, we, we have constitutional carry. There's a lot of people that carry there. Um, what can we do to keep ourselves safe? Yeah, I really think law enforcement. 
law-abiding citizens should carry, how to defend yourself and others properly. And there's all, unfortunately, there are some places, Lawrence, that are, are gun-free zones where the law, they tell law-abiding citizens, you better not bring your firearm. But of course, uh, you know, criminals, by definition, are outlaws. They're outside of the law and act outside of the law. So that doesn't keep everybody. I think the maximum way to be safe is to, to arm yourself. You know, tomorrow, Monday, somebody's going to make this political, and they're going to try to take away our constitutional rights. And that's not the, the, the way to go here, because we are safer as Americans with more firearms in law-abiding citizens' hands. I don't know, I lost three people, J.D that there was nothing I could do for it. And um, that's, that's tough. When I heard those shots and then when the multiple shots happened, my heart just immediately just dropped up. And I was on the phone with 911 and I was telling them, we have a mass casualty incident. I never imagined in a hundred years, I would be thrust into the position of being the first, first responder on the site to take care of people. The first girl I walked up to was crouched down, covering her head in the bushes. So I felt for a pulse, pulled her head to the side, and she had no face. And so when I rolled the mother over, he came out. And I asked him, are you OK? And he said, you know, my mom is hurt. My mom's hurt. So rather than traumatize him anymore, I pulled him around the corner, set him down. He was covered from head to toe like somebody had poured blood on him. Because no one can see what they saw today and not be affected by it. It's not a situation that. I would wish upon anybody, J.D. It's just unfathomable to see the carnage. It's tough when you see a family that's out shopping, having fun, get wiped off the face of the earth because somebody with a gun has some other type of issue. Because we can't let evil, uh, you know, win. The maximum way to be safe is to, to arm yourself. Uh, be polite, be professional, but have a plan to kill everyone you meet. Be polite, be professional, but have a plan to kill everyone you meet. Be polite, be professional, but have a plan to kill everyone you meet. 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 We're not going to fix it. Be polite, be professional, but have a plan to kill everyone you meet. Ronald Reagan is considered a patron saint of the conservative movement, especially, you know, back in the 80s. He was just that guy. And it'd be very strange for a lot of people to understand that he was actually at the forefront of gun control when he was governor of the state of California. But what's even more interesting to me is why he became a huge proponent for gun control, because it wasn't mass shootings. It had nothing to do with violence. It had nothing to do with you know, a threat of somebody coming to overturn the government. There were no coup plotters back in the, you know, 70s. No, what spurred him to say, we need gun control, was when the Black Panthers showed up with uh, AR-15s themselves uh, outside the Capitol steps in California, peacefully demonstrating with their open carry. And then all of a sudden, the idea of a bunch of black men with you know, heavy weaponry suddenly became like, oh crap, we should definitely regulate these weapons. So that's kind of going through my mind these days because it's obvious that one side is arming themselves. One side is getting ready for this. One side is actively looking for it. Okay. And what, what isn't in there and what I didn't have time for was just yesterday morning, Again, in Texas, uh, I believe it was Brownsville, although I could be wrong. There was a guy in a car who purposefully ran over a dozen individuals 
uh, outside of an asylum office. They were here legally. They were legal immigrants seeking asylum. They were waiting for the office to open. And this bastard just decided to run them over and called them invaders. And of course, they're looking into, you know, his own ties to white supremacy and everything else. And the shooter over the weekend in Texas and Allen was a white supremacist, was a neo-Nazi. And, you know, the media, at least on the right, is going to point to, well, he's not even white. How could he be a neo-Nazi? It's like, dude, trust me, there is this weird thing. I don't know enough about it. I myself am just learning about it. But there's this weird psychological thing that happens and it's uh, it's it's also something that happens with authoritarianism and fascism is the organization implies uh, very heavily and they'll even do this to try to attract moderates that, oh, no, no, we don't we don't think all minorities are bad. You know, there are some good ones and they'll have the, you know, token black guy or whoever go out and stump for them. Uh, but it's that implied protection implied you know uh the, the the term for it is uh implied whiteness a promise of whiteness uh that you too can be treated as if you are white as long as you follow these rules that the fascists and authoritarians are giving up however i'm pretty sure you know historically that just doesn't work in the long term um, you know, they'll use you as long as they can, but you have to understand that their core tenement, their, their fundamental belief is that minorities need to be wiped off the face of the earth. And if you are one, they don't care if you're one of the quote, good ones, unquote, you know, it, it just doesn't matter. It's a weird psychological phenomenon. It's almost the same as a spouse who has been abused, but refuses to leave her abuser. It's the exact same situation. It's like, oh no, you know, if I just cook the meatloaf the right way, if I clean the house the right way, if I follow the rules that this person sets for me, then they will not abuse me. And it's the same kind of problem, but much larger because now we have this stochastic terrorism going on, or, you know, I saw someone refer to it as a stochastic civil war. And in case you don't know, and I don't mean to talk down if you do, stochastic means that there's no... You know, there's no leader. It's not like we have a General Lee standing up and saying, join my army, we're going to take on the, the the Northerners. You know, that that's just not what that is. Instead, stochastic refers to an environment, a culture, a people, uh, a nation, uh, a state, a uh, county even, uh, an environment created within this bubble. And the environment never gives orders, you know, there's no one at the top, but it creates an environment in which you distrust your neighbor so much and you see other people as the enemy constantly. So the only reaction, you know, it, it fosters that environment where, yeah, there is an element to mental illness. That's the thing that pisses me off about the, oh, it's mental illness. Yes, you're right. But the environment is created to take advantage of that mental illness. The mentally ill hear the messages from the stochastic environment and they see those as orders. They watched Tucker Carlson on Fox News and they said, hey, that person is the enemy. I need to go take him out. You know, nobody, very few people come up with these ideas on their own in a vacuum. They're all part of a community. And the only thing I can think of, unfortunately, is that 
me living in the bubble that I do, living in the world that I exist in and the news I read and the media I consume, I fear constantly. Okay, I fear every time I send my kids out in the morning to school that that's the last time I'm going to see them. Okay, I fear that one day there's going to be an asshole in a MAGA hat at the grocery store who's just itching. He wants someone to say something. He wants someone to look at him the wrong way so that he can then have an excuse. And remember, the laws are being built in such a way so that that excuse is flimsy as hell. All it has to be is, I feared for my life, so I killed them. And the fear doesn't need to be based in any kind of reality at all. And you're at this point now where it's very obvious these people are arming up. These people are buying the weapons. They are wearing tactical gear. They are attacking places where I would go, okay? I was at the mall on Saturday with my family. You know, we it was a semi-rainy day here in Washington State, and the kids have been inside all damn day, and I was just like, you know what? We need to go somewhere, and the mall is one of those places where it's indoors, it's air-conditioned, there's bathrooms. You, let's go walk the mall. We're not there to buy anything. We might not. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, but, you know, we're going. We're, we're, we're moving, we're doing something as a family. It's something we can do. Well, now, as soon as I get home, I read and hear about this horrific thing happening in Allen, Texas, and I see the videos. If you want to see them, they're out there. This guy literally just gets out of his car and starts shooting every single person he sees. It's That's how it happened. He didn't walk through the door and start shooting at the people inside. He just stopped his car, didn't park it, just stopped it in the middle of a, a you know one of those mall parking lot intersections, stepped out, fully dressed in his you know tactical gear, and took his AR-15 and started blowing people away for the crime of existing. This person was a neo-Nazi. This person was there. And, you know, it, for me, it, it, it starts getting into that situation where even I am starting to perceive everyone I don't know as a potential threat. Be polite. Be nice. But have a plan to kill everyone you meet. Now, that quote was actually General Mattis, and he was talking to soldiers in Iraq in the, in the height of the surge. Okay, that's what that quote is from. He was not giving that to random American civilians here. But now, thanks to Fox News, that's in the lexicon. Those are the orders you have now from the right-wing media ecosphere is to treat anyone... And that includes me because I am not of the right, which henceforth means I am the enemy to them. They have to arm up against me and my potential ills. And for me, the only thing stopping me from buying a firearm right now is the fact that depression and anxiety run heavy in my family. I myself have experienced it. And the last thing I need is something that makes death that much easier in my hands at a bad moment. Okay? It's just a fact. And, you know, I also have small kids, and I don't buy the argument, oh, I keep my guns locked in a safe. Hey, Sandy Hook's mom, she kept her guns in a safe too. Didn't stop her kid. Okay? If you have a liquor cabinet and you're like, oh, yeah, I keep it locked or I keep it high up, trust me, your kids, your teenagers know exactly where it is and how to get to it. It isn't even a joke. 
So this this whole you know notion for me instead I'm out I'm I'm actually lifting weights for like the first time in my life I'm going to the gym and I'm working out but not to better myself not to be in good health but for the fact that I know muscles are a deterrent okay if you've got huge beach muscles as useless as they may be in a practical case you know some people see those and are like eh maybe I shouldn't mess with this guy I have something I looked online and originally I looked online because I had a mother-in-law. She was going to drive cross country solo. I was worried about her safety. So I looked online for non-lethal, you know, self-defense type stuff. That's not a firearm. And obviously the pepper spray and things like that showed up, but then I learned about tactical pens. Okay. So now I carry a tactical pen. It's basically, it gets by most laws because it, it functions as a multi-tool you know, it doesn't have a knife or anything on it, but it's got a glass shatterer, a compass, a, a real pen inside. So I could use it to write, you know, but this thing is made out of steel and it will hurt somebody. And the training videos for these things are insane. I also have a money clip that doubles as a small knife, you know, and, and these are things that, that I never would have thought about before, but I also drove cross country. I went through some red states and in the red states, they aren't just, you know, oh yes, we voted for Trump or we vote Republican down the ticket. No, they are out in there in front, like saying out and proud that they hope, hope that some lefty liberal is going to say something. They want nothing more than this. Now I keep saying, you know, you idiots don't know what you're asking for when you ask and suggest that, yes, we need a civil war. We want one or they can't wait. It's like you really don't understand what you're asking for. OK, you have clearly not studied history and especially not war. Or you would know that like the line war is hell is very, very true. It is the last place anybody wants to be and nobody who has gone through a no shit war and survived will tell you that it was at all worth it. It doesn't matter what the hell was on the table, be it we were fighting for freedom, we were fighting for treasure, we were fighting for money. Every single person who's lived through a war will tell you the war itself, it wasn't worth it. We could have withstood a lot more horror from oppressed individuals before we went to war, knowing now what war is. It's always in hindsight that people are like, oh crap, this was a real thing that like, but the problem is, we're not dealing with a real war. We're dealing with that stochastic environment where you don't know who these people are. And, you know, that Fox News idiot talking about, you know, be polite, be professional, you know, have a plan. It, it's, it's, it's crazy to me that we are now in this environment where I do have to look at my neighbors and wonder what the hell are they going to do? So the only thing I can say is logically, my brain is telling me, Kyle, you have to be ready to fight. And that means, yeah, that, that means it's time to hit the gym. It's, it's time to hit the heavy bag. It's time to arm yourself and secure yourself to defend yourself from batshit crazy lunatics with AR-15s because their dicks aren't that big and they have problems with brown people. It's absolutely crazy. That the state of Texas is actually arguing that third graders should be taught medical or military grade trauma care. Okay? Tourniquets, 
chest compressions, the whole thing. Your third grader is now it. That's their response in Texas right now. Not, hey, let's do something about guns or, or even let's secure some doors or add security. No, their response is every third grader and above need to be trained to deal with battlefield medical trauma. So, you know, that's their response. And I'm wondering where ours is, because for as much as the left talks about your thoughts and prayers are worthless, that seems to be all the fuck we're doing too. That's all it is. Thoughts and prayers. We're hoping, we're praying, we're really hoping for this to go away, and the Democrats are absolutely useless. What are they doing? Nothing. If I were president of the United States today after the bullshit that happened in Texas... I would go to Texas. I would fly Air Force One down and I would tell everybody, hey, everyone, debt ceiling crisis or not, I'm in Texas until this shit changes. The president needs to be with us on the front lines protesting right alongside us and outside the governor's mansion with a bullhorn with all the attention that the president gets and bring the pressure home. But he's not doing it. No Democrat is. Everybody was giving Beto O'Rourke some crap for doing it when he was trying to run for senator or governor, but guess what? He wasn't wrong to do it, and we need more people to do it. We need to do it. Because again, if the Democrats aren't going to protect us, and the right is very clearly arming themselves to kill us, where does that leave us? What are we supposed to do? We can't keep sitting there hoping and praying that the Republican Party regains its conscience and sees the light. That all of a sudden we're going to start purging ourselves of the white supremacist ideology that's literally killing us in the streets. We cannot just keep hoping that this problem goes away. Unfortunately, now we're at the position we need to be proactive about it. So if you don't have a history of mental illness in your family and you have the financial means, yes, go buy the biggest fucking gun you can and get ready. That is the best advice I can give right now because voting sure as shit hasn't helped. They have gerrymandered. They have complete control of the courts. It's not going to change with voting. Voting has left the station. They won. We sat back and waited for it. We gave Ruth Bader Ginsburg her due, her props. We were uber, super, you know, proud of her and said, oh no, she can go out on her own terms. Not when Obama has a 60 seat majority in the Senate. No, no, she can go ahead and she can, she can, you know, keep her seat till death. Well, guess what Justice Kennedy did as soon as the Republicans had control? He resigned so that Kavanaugh could get in. He knew what was coming. He knew the clock was ticking. But RBG, oh no, we got to do it. And we're doing the same bullshit with Feinstein. I mean, granted, there are a few people who are a little bit better right now and are like, actually, no, you are fucking things up from California. You need to step aside. You have a Democratic governor in California who will replace you with another Democrat. We, we need to get you out of here right now. But there are also still a lot of people like, well, you know, we don't want to push anybody aside. She is a woman after all. And it's like, no, no, no. Women's rights are literally going to fail because of what Feinstein is doing, because of what Ruth Bader Ginsburg did, because of their pride, because of their ego, because they just couldn't live without a job and retiring like most of us would dream, because they just couldn't fathom that. Women's rights are now devastated. 
Okay? They're gone. They're going to continue to go. So if you're a woman sitting there and say, yeah, Senator Feinstein and RBG were, were good to go and, and they have the right and they've earned it. I agree, they've earned it. But at the same time, bigger picture. And right now, we're losing because we suck at that. So right now, my big picture is, you know what? Voting's left the station. The Democrats aren't here to save us. We can only save ourselves. If that means entering the world of the stochastic shithole environment on their terms, I'm not seeing an alternative. I'm really not. I, I wish I could. I am not an optimist about this. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Probably no better in my lifetime. There is a high probability that my generation, the millennials, are going to die off due to old age, no less, and everything will be worse than it is right now. And I'm not just talking about the environment. Everything will be worse. This is a multi-generational battle that we need to start taking seriously right now, or we're just punting this to our kids. And they're the ones who are going to have to like, hey, maybe we should arm up and stop waiting for the Democrats to do something. Because it's not working. If you go ahead and you study how nations topple, how empires fall, it always starts with the people in power neglecting the people who are not. Okay, this is very simple. If capitalists truly believed in capitalism and they, they want capitalism to succeed, then they would raise their wages because the last thing they want is the people to be angry with them, okay? Capitalism would not get overthrown if everybody agreed, yeah, there's no better way. Unfortunately, socialism looks really nice right now. And I'm not saying that as somebody who thinks socialism would necessarily succeed. I think it would in small doses, but that's only because I'm a realist and practical of the situation we're in now. If you went ahead and turned this country socialist tomorrow, not everybody would be on board with it. It takes time. You have to convince people. You have to demonstrate to them, no, look, it's not evil. Trust me. But seriously, right now, like, what are we doing? We're hoping. A poll came out. Trump against Biden today leads by six points that's not good and trump if you think oh well maybe you know trump in charge will tamp down no school shootings and this kind of bs did not stop under trump they accelerated they haven't slowed down under biden they're still accelerating under Trump again, they'll accelerate further because his stupid ass, remember, he has a history. He has pardoned literal war criminals because they were American. He has promised to pardon the coup plotters, the people who are being sentenced right now for sedition. He's going to pardon them. That is not going to quell the worries of the white supremacists. That's going to embolden them. They are getting ready. And all I'm suggesting is we'd better get ready too. It is coming. Unfortunately, the police can't protect us. They're just as bad. They usually protect the white supremacists before us. 
The government's not doing anything. The government is incapable of doing anything. And the courts are nowhere to find justice. That leaves it to us, unfortunately. And what do we have? Unfortunately, the tools of our enemy. Propaganda, terror, weapons. We don't like this. I don't want this. But I don't see a way out of it. We do not have a revolutionary who's talking about peace who's able to bridge a gap right now. Everyone's saying, oh, the country is more divided than it's ever been. Yes, and I don't see anybody even attempting to fix it. Okay, uh, let me rephrase that. Biden is trying like hell to fix it. He just can't. He's the wrong messenger. We don't have somebody who unfortunately has the perfect, you know, combination of skills and presence to, like, unite this country. We don't have a Lincoln. We don't. It's going to get worse before it gets better. There are going to be more mass shootings. There are going to be places you think you can go. You can't go to church. You can't go to the movies. You can't go to the mall. You can't go to a bar. You can't go to school. What's left? Stay home? Hope it doesn't hurt us? I'm sorry, I just don't see a way out of this. I'm I'm completely blown over by it. I, I've, I've lost all hope. This isn't recovery from politics anymore. It's embracing it and just saying, this is the situation we're in now. What should we do? What can we do? The only thing I know I can do is make sure that I'm in reasonable shape and yeah, am as armed as I feel safe to be in public every time I go out and God help anybody who tries to come after my kids. So congratulations, the right supremacy has won. I agree. We need to arm ourselves for nothing more than self-defense because it's coming whether we want it to or not.